What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I do a lot of things. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. This is CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast running right through the draft, straight on through the offseason. We'll even be bringing the Game of Thrones coverage. You know it. That's when we'll get the super friends together and we'll talk about Game of Thrones. Um, if you're new to this podcast, thanks for showing up. I'm joined now by a man who's actually drinking straight liquor, straight Everclear out of a Game of Thrones mug in his lavish Oakland apartment. Sean Wagner, what's up? It's actually, it's coffee, but caffeine's a drug, so I think it works. Yeah, I, I well, first of all, we were discussing your apartment single apartment life before we began the podcast i'm incredibly jealous like it's not a good day though in my single living apartment life with a a leak that i don't know where it's coming from so right but like so like i have a again this is house like like uh, this is stupid homeowner stuff but like i have a i have my dishwasher's leaking because the fill valve has decided to malfunction um, and as a result, I, I mean, I can't fix it. I could try. I've, I've tried to fix my dishwasher. I did fix a toilet last week or this week. I'm very proud of that. Um, I did replace the seal in the dishwasher and I tried some other stuff, but it just wouldn't work. I finally caved because my wife's like, look, you call somebody or else I'm leaving you. Um, so I, so I called, I called a guy who comes out. He's like, yeah, and he couldn't figure it out. The dishwasher worked fine for him. And I started explaining some stuff and we figured out it's the fill valve. Um, and now I, you know, look, I'm, like you, my point being is you have a leak. If it gets bad enough, you can call somebody and say, come fix my leak. I'm going to call my landlord and they're going to send their person. Yeah. But like you call, building. you call your landlord to be like, Hey, I have a leak in my thing. I pay my rent every month. Come fix it. I, on the other hand, I'm going to be like, okay, who's the, you know, who's the cheapest guy I can get to do this? Cause it's like 230 bucks to fix this fill valve. Uh, I'll give the people credit. They were, they were pretty good in the way they handle it and all that. But still, um, you know, it's an, it's an annoying thing about owning a home. My hardwoods are a little banged up. Uh, let's get to, oh yeah, Game of Thrones. What, by the way, what do you think really quickly? So I hope we're not going to spoil anything once the, the episodes start coming out. We will start recapping it as part of the podcast, I think. I mean, can, I feel like you should be able to spoil things on a Monday podcast. I mean, when should we it, record these? Thro- Cause I mean, like ideally, I just, does Breach watch it? I think Breach watches it, right? Yeah, I think pretty much anyone at this point watches it. Right, right. But I mean, like, but I mean, like, you, me, and Ryan Wilson are going to watch these episodes live. Yes. It would take, like, it would take a lot for me to miss an episode of Game of Thrones live. And if I did, I would, I would turn, I would like delete Twitter from my phone. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is that if you are, if you care enough about Game of Thrones that you'd be mad if someone spoiled it for you, you are not going to be interacting with the internet at all until you have seen the episode because you can't go on Twitter. You can't do anything. You can't go to work. I don't think yeah. without having seen an episode. Can't log into Slack. The office to talk about it. Yeah. You can't log into Slack. I'm talking about for like real people who have, you know, real office jobs. Right. Like you can't go in public and, you know, avoid spoilers. So I feel like if you, if you don't watch it Sunday night or Monday morning, I mean, like, it's right, kind so, of on you. Didn't so, Aaron Rodgers have that thing once where he like tweeted a Game of Thrones spoilers and people got mad at him? And he was like, "24 it, hour yeah. rule, man." All right, so what do you want to do? What should we do, listeners? If uh, if you got thoughts on this, tweet me at Will Brinson, tweet Sean at Sean J Wagner, Ryan Wilson CBS, and maybe even at John Breach. Let us know, or at Pick Six Pod. Let us know when you think we should do a Game of Thrones. It'll be like a 10-minute recap. We're not going to do a full recap show or anything unless this gets <laughs> you know, unless it gets wild. I mean, we can. That's what people want. But let us know what you think is the best day because I think we would either record it 
I don't really want to record it Sunday night. Yeah, that's a fair point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I don't want to. I mean, I mean, you would get them. No, because I usually watch the episodes twice too. So Monday night maybe is the way to record it. I think we rec- I think the three of us get together on Monday night, or the four of us, whoever it is, and we record on Monday night, and we got it down. But if people are if people are clamoring for Game of Thrones recap in their NFL podcast, I mean, maybe we give the people what they want. We recorded uh, eleven fifteen to midnight. Ryan Wilson will love that. I, I usually. Think- I usually like to drink like a nice, like dark beer or a, uh, a bourbon with my Game of Thrones episode. So I don't know if I'm down for that either. I also just need time to digest it. And, you know, if I don't want to come in hot with, with my, you know, uneducated takes after seeing it once and, you know, not being able to see the theories pop up and. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. All right. Well, all right. Well, anyway, now that we've done f- four minutes on, um, dishwashers and Game of Thrones. This is, this is the off season, people. What we are going to talk about, we are going to do, uh, you know, we'll do, this is the pick six podcast. So we're going to do the six most important teams in the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, first, we're going to talk about some news though. But again, if, you, if you've got questions or, uh, concerns about a Game of Thrones recap, maybe you hate Game of Thrones as much as you hate beer. I'm drinking a New Belgium Brute IPA as part of their up, up next series. This is the new wave in IPAs. You know about the Sean Brute IPAs? I it's like I don't know about it's like it. Champagne style IPAs. That seems contradictory to me, but it, it's uh, I don't know if I love the move. I will probably stick with. I mean, I, it's a good beer. I, I don't love the idea of like every IPA being like all bubbly and champagne-y. I, I like my yeah, I like hazy. I don't know how or, I feel about it. Yeah. Um, it's a classic, it's a classic hipster move to, to veer in a different direction when nobody's expecting it. Um, anyway, I had a mock draft come out on Wednesday. You got a mock draft coming out on Thursday. People should read that on cbsports.com. But elsewhere in the news, Mike McCarthy, former Packers coach, stunned by the timing of his firing. See, it was a stunning fire. It couldn't have been handled any worse. Uh, did you think that Mike McCarthy in his interview with ESPN, um, and he said it couldn't have been handled any worse. Anytime you lose a close game, it's a difficult time emotionally afterwards. But when you lose a home game at Lambeau Field in December, it's really hard. And that doesn't happen very often. I walked out of my press conference and I'm thinking about the game, thinking about how our playoff shot was now minimal. That's where my head was at. And when I told Mark Murphy he wanted to see me, and the messenger was cold and the energy was bad. Mark said it was an ugly loss. It was time to make a change. He said something about the offense and the special teams, and he didn't think it was going to get any better. There was no emotion to it. That was hard. Hmm. What do you think about Mike McCarthy's claim that the Packers sort of screwed the pooch on his hiring and firing? I mean, has any firing. fired person ever thought the firing was handled well? Like, <laughs> I, It not. seems like no matter what, when you get fired, you're not going to think it was handled well. Um, I feel like the thing Mike McCarthy should be mad about is in the off season when all these meeting it came out from you know Mike Murphy how they were meeting with all these players and the players said like accountability and complacency was an issue because that to me is that they're taking shots at McCarthy's management style. But in terms of you know him not being okay with the timing, I mean tough luck. There's a lot of people out there who think he probably should have gotten fired you know two or three years earlier. So um, you know how would he how would he liked if they had fired him before last season? Um, and I, I think it's funny because I think the quote was, it couldn't have been handled any worse. I think that could apply to a lot of things about the Mike McCarthy era in Green Bay, like his goal line decisions, whether to kick a field goal or to go for it, or his, you know, scheme and play calling. So 
Um, I think a, a pretty fitting quote to sum up the Mike McCarthy era, even if he wasn't talking about himself. Mm, that's fair. And by the way, his wife, he, he also revealed, and this is to Rob Demosky of ESPN.com, who's a great beat writer for the Packers. Um, he, he His wife said, don't take this the wrong way, but I'm relieved for you. And he's, I kind of gave her a look. And then she added, the last two or three years, you haven't been here physically or mentally. Every family loses their husband, father during the season, but you've been gone the last two off seasons. I know you're not happy with the way things were going there, and it beat the hell out of you. It's beat the hell out of you the last couple of years. It's been hard to watch it. And that's something like that remind, again, I, I go back to this, what I said when it happened. It reminds me of the Andy Reid situation in Philadelphia a lot. Now, Mike McCarthy didn't get his chance immediately after the way Reed did in Kansas City. I think he will get a chance this off next offseason. I think it will be enough hirings and firings. He'll find a good landing spot. I think it's good for him to take some time off, recharge the batteries. Um, and I, I think he's got some beef here with the Packers. I don't think you fire, I don't think you fire a guy mid-season who's won a Super Bowl. I feel like you were even saying this when it happened. I was. We were talking about it. I was. I, I mean, I, I, it's fine. Like, I just... Why hang on to him? Just because he's got a street he's... named after him in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Like next, like he he had to he left the stadium and drove down like the street named after him as he was driving away from his firing. They could have at least waited till the like let him. I mean, I understand you you pull the trigger now in case he makes a miracle run to the playoffs and you bring him back the next year. But I I think you at least give him the respect of uh, of riding out the season if that's what I don't he care wants about to. That. Okay, that's fine. You're, I mean, I just, I don't care about it. He wasn't going to be happy if they fired him on January 1st. No, of course not. He would have known it was coming if he'd missed the playoffs, though. Um, elsewhere in Packers news, Jordy Nelson says, quote, it would be hard to say no if Aaron Rodgers asked him to unretire. The funny is, thing about that is, of course, Aaron Rodgers would ask him, but no one in the Packers front office would ask him. Right. Like, Rod, Rodgers was mad when they cut Nelson, right? Yes. Um, I race. So of course Rogers want, would want him back, but Rogers asking doesn't mean, you know, the, I can't pronounce their GM's name. Brian, um, Brian Gutekunst. As you said, um, I just, I just don't think he would ask. Goody. So all Goody. this is Goody. Ooh, I, I like that. Um, it's just all irrelevant because the Packers don't want to bring Jordy Nelson back. Right. They're, they're in all likelihood not bringing Jordy Nelson back. Um, and, uh, and look, I mean, they, They've done it. They have Goody. They have completely moved away from everything that they had going when Aaron Rodgers was there, or when Mike McCarthy was there. Involved that involves Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, Clay Matthews. yeah, Clay Matthews. They're rebooting the franchise. That's fine. Um, it is a little weird that Jordy Nelson would come out and like say that on on the same day that um, Mike McCarthy. Like the timing is a very very odd, right? Like barbs being thrown at the Packers. I don't know. It's a little weird. It's all. It's all. It also comes across a little bit like desperation and begging, like, bring me back. Like, Rodgers is definitely going to go on another run. Like, let me be a part of it. Who, where was he? He was on the Dan Patrick show. Okay. I mean, that's a Dan, that's a Dan Patrick question that, like, it's a good question. I mean, he asked him a good question. Like, what would you do if Aaron Rodgers asked you to unretire? And he gave the only answer he could give, which is it would be hard to say no. I, I don't, I don't mind that. Right. No, it's fine. And you know, Packers fans love the guy and are probably, some of them are still convinced he could probably still play. So, no, doubt uh, no I, it's a fair question to ask. And, um, yeah, it'd be one thing if he was coming out and just saying this entirely on his own, but, 
that's the thing is that half the time these players say something, it's, you know, it's in response to a question. They're not bringing up the topic themselves. Right. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, the AAF, Sean? Just kidding. We can talk about that later. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna do a deep dive. I mean, were you? Su- I mean, it was surprising, right? I mean, I guess I look. I didn't pay that much attention to it, to be completely honest. I think I watched a uh, a Hackenberg two minute drill that went terribly, and I was like, I don't need to watch Christian Hackenberg play football anymore. Um, but I, I guess it's surprising. Everything that's coming out is surprising, and in despite all the jokes being made about it, like it seems like it sucks for the players who I think Clemco yeah. reported that they had to like pay for their flights home. And it's not like they were getting paid that much money anyways to play in this league. So it seems like it sucks for everyone involved in the league, except the people at the very top. Yep. Um, Which but, is usually how it works in this country. Exactly. Um, so. Yeah. I think that, uh, I mean, one of the things that is surprising is that you find out that Tom Dundon basically spent $70 million to shut down. Like I, I want to know, I need an answer as to why he would spend $70 million, um, invest $70 million. In, like somebody is – something doesn't uh, – in the in the words of the, the immortal Ace Ventura, something – no, actually it's Tone Loke in Ace Ventura. Something ain't stirring the Kool-Aid, Sean. There's there's something off about the idea that, that, that he would come in and spend $70 million. So I think those are the answers that we want to hear, and they those guys have not been open about talking about it, and that's fine. Um, Robert Griffin III revealed that – this team tried to trade for him this many times last Are you season. Breachifying this, yeah, this breaching, headline. Yeah. Uh, this quarterback, this former first rounder revealed what team tried to trade for him this many times in this year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll find out if Breach listens to the podcast if he, if he, if he catches that. Uh, who tried to trade for RG3 and, uh, What's what's going on with RG three? What do you think? The uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, according to RG three, twice last year tried to trade for him. So once was in the preseason. He said, um, so you have to imagine that was probably just for depth behind Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once he said at the trade deadline, and the Jaguars did of course bench Blake Bortles. So you have to imagine if they were trading for him at the trade deadline, they were probably thinking that he was going to start at some point. Um, I actually think it's kind of good for him. It didn't happen because I think if he goes there and he starts, I'm guessing he gets killed behind that offensive line, does not play well, um, and kind of ruins his already slim chance of ever starting again in the league. And that's kind of what he said. Um, this was said on the Ravens. Apparently they have their own podcast. Um, and he was talking about how he and his agent were looking at the landscape of starting opportunities and he felt like it was pretty bad this year for guys like him. And and you look at like how Teddy Bridgewater approached it. Teddy Bridgewater didn't feel like he wanted to go get, you know, the Dolphins job. He felt like it was better to just stick around as a backup. So um, I think if he goes to Jacksonville, if he gets killed the way he probably would have gotten killed, the way Bortles and Cody Kessler did, um, he, you know, he kind of has run out of his last chance to maybe start. But, you know, if he goes to Baltimore, um, it seems like he's well-respected there. It seems like he's kind of rebuilt his image a bit there. Um, and Lamar Jackson were to get hurt. I think he would rather step in, in Baltimore in that run heavy offense, you know, a system that is tailored to his strengths, um, and show teams what he has there. And, you know, worst case, he's backing up, um, a young quarterback on a good team. So it, it seems like Baltimore to me is a better fit for him than Jacksonville. I am with you a hundred percent. Jacksonville, where quarterbacks go to die. Michael Bennett had his, uh, felony assault charge dis, pretty good week for Michael Bennett, had his felony assault charge dismissed and also, 
had the Patriots rework his deal to include new guaranteed money. That is something the Patriots don't do. What's more surprising, Chargers dismissed or Patriots new money? I think new money because <laughs> – well, I mean, I think uh, – No, I, I'm with you. I think it is more surprising. Yeah, and, and, the a, Patriots, and a lot of – Patriots are less predictable than law enforcement by sure, <laughs> by far, or more predictable, I guess. Yeah, and if you listen to what Bennett's attorney was saying for the past year, which was coming out very strongly that as this process unfolded, he would be very shocked, you know, if, you know, Bennett wasn't proven to be innocent. Um, and that's exactly what the statement from the district attorney office seemed to indicate, that there just wasn't any evidence um, supporting this. So um, I don't think we're that surprised about that. I think a lot of people have honestly forgotten that he had those charges against him. Um, yeah. <laughs> Raise his hand. Exactly. So it, it never was talked about as this big issue, which seemed to me indicate that it was going to get resolved at some point. And look, the Patriots don't like to pay old players more guaranteed money than they have to because they like to get rid of old players um, before they're stuck paying them when they're not as productive. And okay. so it kind of indicates that they think Michael Bennett will be able to play out the next two years. I think that's how long he has left on this contract. Um and I think he's a perfect fit for that defense. And so I think, you know, they value versatility. And I think he's the perfect, versatile defensive lineman. So I think it makes sense, but that makes it surprising. Um, although, you know, he's the kind of player who, you know, you don't want to be unhappy. You know, he does talk to the media and all that. So hmm. I think it makes sense. It's surprising, but it makes sense. Uh, I'm craning my neck as we record this to watch my, my Atlanta Braves are battling the Chicago Cubs in Turner Field. Uh, down one nothing, and Julio Tehran uh, doing what he does, struggling on the mound. Wow, he got out of a jam. You don't see that yeah. often. How are you? His whip is off the charts right now, but his ERA is fine. Oh my god, he's terrible. Um, he's the ace. They need to go out and sign Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell. What? Um, the Nationals need to sign Craig Kimbrell. I'm not even kidding. I mean, it's insane. Like, why would you not? Don't you care about trying to win this year? What do you think about your Seattle Mariners and their hot start to the season? This is, by the way, just peak off-season podcast. But I, I don't care. Like, it's my podcast. Um, it's my I podcast. Think, I do what I want. Wow. I, wow. Freddie Peralta with a gym today. The, uh, speaking of bullpens, the Mariners need to get themselves a bullpen. And look, I'm not a, I'm not a believer in the team. I didn't, I, this is like the most apathetic I've been towards a team, a Mariners team in a long time entering the season. But if you start seven and one, I'm not saying you go sign Kimbrel, but, our bullpen right now is literally craft singles, like in celery <laughs> sticks. Like that's what our bullpen is right that's now. Disgusting. So like relievers are cheap. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying go get a stud reliever. You go get some like adequate MLB arms. I think you have to do it. I think you're seven to one. I mean, it's early and they're not going to make the playoffs, but you can't keep trotting out craft singles as your closer. Like it's just, you can't, you can't do that. Wow. I just, scary. um, <laughs> Just, Are you looking at our bullpen? No, I'm looking at the uh the name of a uh my one of my buddies in a uh in my in my home league has came up with a very aggressive fantasy team name. So like you know how you know shareable? You, what's that? Is it shareable? <laughs> I don't know. Um <laughs> well my so like we rebooted our keeper situation in this league. And so like I'd had the same team name for three years because I had Mike Trout and now I don't now I don't have him. So um but you lost Mike Trout. Yeah, and Clayton Kershaw as my keepers. I well, won the, 
Well, yeah, now. I'd have Kershaw the last 10 years. I've won like seven of the last 10 titles. Uh, but I drafted Chris Sale and I decided to use, uh, sticks as my logo and go with Come Sail Away, you know, cause it's like the sticks song. Um, I'm, a little... I'm, I'm glad you went there. Yeah. Uh, the guy, one of my other friends has Snell You Later, which is a pretty, that's a pretty good name, right? I think I've seen it before, but yeah. So, okay. But then this guy is, uh, he, he drafted Christian Yelich and, um, he used, uh, Yelich, my <laughs> balls. Is his name? Is that shareable? I don't know. I think it's shareable, but yeah. I'm also yeah, yeah, 26. Yeah. So, yeah, so. anyway, um, I wouldn't tell my son. I would. I mean, I would probably tell my wife that story. Anyway, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back and tell you who the six most interesting teams in the 2019 NFL Draft are. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance. Clutch Athletics and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so let's pick six podcasts. We've got six things, six names. Six items of interest, you know, whatever. Uh, NFL draft is coming up. Sean, you're doing a mock draft. We're going to name six of the most interesting teams in the first round of the NFL draft, what people are going to be watching. Like, and this is basically the idea is like, at what point could this draft swing wildly or change dramatically based on who is making the selections? And so I'm going to let you go first. Cause I know well, you I'm gonna, then I'm gonna pick the Cardinals. Yeah, you tell you what that, it was a layup. You take the layup. I gave you the right, layup. Right. You take the and layup. it seems like, well, it seems like the last couple of years. By the way, one yeah. more thing on baseball. I mean, could these Yankee fans be any more insufferable? <laughs> Grow up. Like, I'm oh, sorry they've had a bad week. I know. Now, granted, <laughs> like Miguel Andujar, Dylan Batanzas, Jacob Ellsbury, Didi Grove. These guys are always hurt. Aaron Hicks, Jordan Montgomery, CC Sabathia. Yeah, like, CC Sabathia? What are you complaining about? Of course he's hurt. He's like doing a retirement tour. I get Stanton and Andujar. That's a problem. Grow up, Yankees fans. You're six games in. Seven guys are hurt. Welcome to sports. You got 27 titles. No one wants to hear you complaining. And I don't mean that directed at anybody in particular. Just Yankee fans. I follow a lot of Yankee fans on Twitter. I do, I do too. It's really annoying. Right. Well, no, it's annoying to hear them complain, but it's better than hearing like, Judgment Day and like all yeah. caps on Twitter, you know what I mean? Well, in the, all rise. In the like, sense, I don't need to it, hear it, that. In the sense of like he earned his pinstripes. Like I don't need to hear people talk about he's a, his pinstripes. He's a true Yankee now. Like, shut <laughs> up. No, but true Yankee. What does that even mean? Get out of here. Jared, Jared Jeter's a fraud, by the way. Um. Anyway, right, enough Yankee torture. Tell me about the Cardinals. The obvious pivot point because if they do this, then this happens. It's the Kyler Murray factor, right? Yeah, yeah. If they, I mean, if they if they take Kyler Murray, that doesn't just impact the draft at the top of the table. It impacts whoever they trade Josh Rosen to. So if 
you know, if they trade him to Washington at 15, suddenly Washington is not in the market for a quarterback anymore. Um, and the same goes for the Bengals or, um, for the, for the Dolphins. So, uh, it seems like the last couple of years we have known what position was going to be the top pick, you know, with Miles Garrett. And, you know, we weren't sure if Baker Mayfield was going to be the guy. Uh, but we knew the Browns were going to take a quarterback last year. Um, this year seems to be the first year, at least that I can remember in recent memory that we're not entirely sure what position is going to be, um, at the top of the draft. And you are laughing at something. Um, it's a baseball thing. My, my friend is a Nationals fan. He, so my buddy Zeke. This is a baseball podcast now. This is, yeah, yeah. So, well, uh, uh, Adi, our, our managing editor was like, he was like, so he's like, you know, he's like, so are you doing the Ion College basketball podcast now? Cause Ryan and I spent like 20 minutes talking about Duke the other day. Um, and this is why people leave those reviews where like Brinson goes off on tangents. Uh, but Zeke, Zeke is a, a Nats fan. He's like melting down about the whole Bryce Harper thing, melting down about their bullpen. And he has, he told me he has been banned. His number is on the do not answer list at 1067 the fan in DC. Cause he keeps calling up and trying to rant about the nationals. <laughs> it's like, well, he's like, this guy's in my wedding. Like he's one of my best friends in the world. He's like, Branson, I've been banned for, I'm like, Dude, like what do you, you can't get banned from a radio station. What is the matter with you? Uh, at, at any rate, yes. Look, if the Cardinals go, Kyler Murray won, and then we then we know then the, then we know what's going to happen. I think with the next two, three, and four picks, you're going to see three edge or defensive lineman guys go: Bosa, Quinn Williams, um, and Josh Allen. What what do you think the odds are? I, and I threw this out on a, on, a, on a, the Chargers.com podcast, uh, but what do you think the odds are that Quinn and Williams could go number one? Low, and like I think. You could, someone could make an argument that maybe he's the best player in the draft regardless of position, but just because of the position he plays, he would have to be Aaron Donald. You know what I mean? To, yeah. to, in my mind, to justify that. You're saying the Cardinals could take him number one. Well, I just think that, I think that it's like too obvious that they would take Kyler Murray at this point in time. What I think, like, if the Cardinals get Quinn Williams, I think they're trading down. I think, you know, someone like the Raiders will trade up for Kyler Murray. I don't think Quinn Williams can go number one. All right, but you just hear me out on this. What if the Cardinals think that they need – the Cardinals know they have to win this year. They – Wait, why do the Cardinals have to win this year? They just hired a new coach and they're rebooting. If they if they win three games again next year, everybody's – I bet everybody gets fired. I guess from the GM's perspective, yes. Yeah. So, but like like you don't sign Terrell Suggs as a – I mean, like they're they're – their behavior this offseason, in my mind, has been designed around uh, Steve Kine believing he can craft a team that can win somewhere between seven and nine games and flirt with the playoffs and say, hey, we're improving. So the question is, do you do you trust that to Josh Rosen's development? Do you like if I mean, let me ask you this. If you threw Quinn and Williams in with Corey Peters, Darius Filan in the middle. Terrell Suggs and Chandler Jones on the outside, uh, Hassan Reddick, Jordan Hicks, and, and Gabe Martin at, at at linebacker. Maybe Jeremy Cash you can throw in there too, and then Pat P. Swearinger, Alford, and Buda Baker. In advanced years, like that's a pretty good defense, right? Yeah, and and it would I mean it would all come down to the quarterback. It would all come down to you know. Um, Kingsbury's system, and if you but that, know that's kind of been my whole argument all along. Is like, is it? 
I mean, if you if you if you need Kyler Murray to run Kingsbury system, and you don't think Josh Rosen's good, and you need Kyler Murray, and you believe he's better, go get him and do it. But if you think the difference is negligible or you're not sure which one's going to be better, you have to stay put and take the defensive player unless you can get a first-round pick for Josh Rosen. Yeah, and I would still make that Bosa just because with sure. Suggs. I think you can you can take Bosa and still win this year with Suggs and, Ch- and Chandler Jones there sure. and also plan for the future because obviously Suggs is not going to be around for the long term. Well, then, uh, you, then you can put Suggs in a rotational gig. And- I, I mean, I think if you're not taking – Kyler Murray, I think you want to try to trade down though, because yeah. I think because in that scenario, then you're not getting Bosa, but maybe you can get Quinn. If the Raiders, for instance, trade up to one, you can get Quinn and Williams maybe at four. If the Jets could, the Jets could take Josh Allen, sure. or you know, sure. yeah, or you could get Josh Allen. I mean, like, so that- I don't think I think it would be worth even if you love Quinn and Williams. I think it'd be worth the risk trading down and getting those extra assets. And if Quinn and Williams isn't there, you're still going to get a good player for. You get Josh Allen. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, speaking of the Raiders, I think they're the ob- very obvious. They're, they're the most important team when it comes to this first round of the draft. They have three first-round picks by virtue of the Khalil Mack trade. You can clap your hands or do whatever you want. Uh, Amari Cooper trade, and, of course, their own trade for being a terrible football team this past year. Uh, you know, I mean, to me, it, it, the Raiders are uh, by far the, the most important team in this draft because of those three picks. I, what I think is the key for the Raiders is, are they going to try and trade up and get somebody like Kyler Murray? Are they going to stand pat and roll with what they have offensively and go with three defensive picks? Will John Gruden be able to, you know, be able to like keep it in his pants and not draft an offensive player? And I think that's the big question with the Raiders. Right. It's if does John Gruden want to pull off the splashy move to go from four to one, which I don't would not surprise anyone. I don't think if they right. if they pulled it off. I think for them, I, I would rather they stay put. If I I'm not a Raiders fan, but you know, if I was just looking at the Raiders rationally, I think I think you stay put. I think you're going to get a very good defensive front player. We've talked about it, whether it's you know Quinton Williams or Josh Allen at four. That as I, I'm not a Derek Carr fan. You're not a Derek Carr fan either. Uh, no, but pass rush is a bigger need right now. I don't think the Cardinals or sorry, the, the Raiders should be approaching the season as we have to win now. I think everything is geared towards we got to win when we get to Vegas. We got to be ready to, you know, at least win eight, nine games, be competitive when we get into that new stadium. So I think you fix the pass rush now because I don't think this is a great quarterback class anyway. And then, you know, you see how the chips fall the rest of the way. Maybe a quarterback drops to you in the twenties and, you know, I know, Everything's coming out. I think I can't remember. Was it Gil Brandt? He said today his prediction was four quarterbacks go in the top twenty-five. Yeah, that's the over/under, Gil. I mean, like, it's I mean yeah, it obviously could happen, but I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that a quarterback drops, and uh, that's what I'm going to do in my mock draft for Thursday. I think two could go. I think you'd only see two go. I actually think Drew Locke could fall because I, 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 I hope teams have wised up a bit in looking at these big armed guys um, who have other inconsistencies. That, you know, teams in the past have looked at like, oh, we can coach the accuracy, coach the decision making, but they have the NFL arm. And I think what we've seen recently is the arm is a little bit less important. Um, and, you know, decision making and accuracy is a little bit more important. So I don't, it wouldn't shock me if Drew Locke suddenly fell to the twenties. Um, because if you look at the Bengals, the Broncos, um, and the, and the Dolphins, they don't have to take a quarterback this year. They need a long-term quarterback, but if, if Haskins and Murray are gone and they're looking at 
Drew Locke, they might say, I like the top two quarterbacks in next year's draft better. I'm, maybe I like three of the quarterbacks in next year's draft better. I'm not going to waste a pick just because he's the third best quarterback in this class. And so what if he fell to the Raiders, um, you know, in the 20s? Then uh, I think the Raiders definitely pull the trigger on that. Yes. I think at that point the Raiders might change their tune. And I do think they're going to, I do think John Gruden wants to win somewhere between six and 10 games. Like he wants, he can't yeah, suffer. Yeah, I think he wants to win 10 games. I, th- I think he'd like to win 12. Exactly. He would like games. to be competitive. Right. I mean, like he, I mean, I don't think he wants to win six games. I think he wants to win 16 games. I do think though that he believes that what he's doing will give him a chance to do that. And that's why he'll end up drafting uh defense. Another team that is obvious, a pivot point here. I actually clapped very loudly there. Uh The New York Giants. And I think based on my mock, Sean, my most recent mock, and I believe this in my heart of hearts, that Dave Gettleman is going to do the thing that would ultimately troll all Giants fans and uh internet writers by uh that was my nerd mockery voice by taking two defensive players and maybe two defensive linemen. I had him taking Rashawn Gary and uh uh Dexter Lawrence out of Clemson. What do you think about that? I, I, I here's the thing, I don't hate it, but and I think the Giants need I think trotting out Eli Manning is dumb and it's not gonna work. And I think they're going to be bad, but I think if, I think it's okay if they're bad, if they like the quarterbacks in next year's class. Um, I'm not huge on Haskins. I think Murray for me is like the best quarterback. And then I'm just not big on Haskins or, um, or Drew Locke. And if the Giants aren't big on, on, on Drew Locke or Haskins, I don't think they should force it. I think what I was just saying with the, like the Dolphins and the Bengals, I think you can be bad next year and then go get your quarterback, you know, a year from now. Um, that being said, I think there will be a riot if they don't, if Haskins is there at six and they don't pull the trigger on that. Um, I think there would be a riot. Um, <laughs> and, and deservedly so because, um, no one knows if Haskins is going to be good or not. You know, I might not, I don't like him, but I don't know anything. Um, the Giants, no, nobody know knows, nobody knows anything. Though. Exactly. So, um, but I don't mind them passing on quarterbacks. I, they've already made their bed and it's a terrible bed. Um, so I don't think they need to make it worse by taking a quarterback they don't like. And all the, the reports came out that they don't like Haskins. I mean, who knows if, I don't remember when that was. That was like a month ago, but, um, it wouldn't surprise me. I could see them going defense at six. And then if Locke is there at, at 17, then maybe they go, maybe they go quarterback at 17. But I don't, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't take a quarterback at six. I think they will. Purposely avoid taking a quarterback, and I won't be surprised at all when they come away with two defensive players and they try to win by pounding the ball with Saquon Barkley and an improved defense. And quite quite frankly, I think they might be able to do it. Like I'm kind of talking about. Oh, really? So that's what I was saying is that I think it's fine if they do two defensive players because in my mind that means they're tanking. But you know, if they do that, Gettleman's thinking, oh, we're going to run the ball and we're going to win. So they're doing it for different reasons than what I'm saying. Right. They're doing it because they actually believe Eli, they can win with Eli. But I think that Gettleman is also like, okay, worst case scenario, this whole thing is a house of cards and we're a disaster and I get Tua next year. So it's like, like, where's the downside? And he's, and he sold ownership on it. That's clearly the message coming out of New York is that. Ah, do whatever you gotta do, Dave. Just, you know, figure out a way to yeah, get- Yeah, you trade Odell Beckham and, you know what I mean? Like, a GM doesn't make that trade if he's worried about he's gonna get fired this year. A hundred percent. Um, okay. Who, I would say the Packers also qualify. How many teams is that? Is that four teams? 
Is it? Can we count? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's Cardinals, that's, Raiders, that's, Giants, that's and Packers. I think the Packers with their two first round picks, one that they have themselves is very high, and another that is that they got from the Saints for the Marcus Davenport trade. Um, I I believe that the Packers will, by virtue of what we saw them do last year in terms of moving around, are going to be a big factor in a draft where they have that much capital. I don't think they'll be trying to move up. I think if one, if a player they love, like a TJ Hawkinson falls to them at 12, they'll, they'll probably stand pat and take him. If not, they'll be looking to move down and acquire more assets. And I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're the turnkey for maybe that fourth, third or fourth quarterback to trade out of the first round. I think I've mocked Hawkinson to them every single time, which makes me think it's not going to happen because <laughs> right. I think every single person alive is, is yeah. mocking that. Everybody's on board with that. It's too easy, right? Yeah, and I mean, just to your general point about them being one of the most important teams, they can't really afford to miss because this is a roster that has a lot of holes that Aaron Rodgers used to be able to cover up and hasn't been able to do that as well recently. They're kind of at the end of Aaron Rodgers' prime. I mean, or at the very least, they're entering the the final stages. They went out and they actually signed a bunch of people in free agency. Um, so they're very much in win now mode and, but the roster I don't think is still good enough. So like they can't afford to miss, I don't think on both of these first round picks. They, I think they have to add a day one impact starter. Um, I would take Hawkinson if I'm them. Um, I know they have Jimmy Graham, but Jimmy Graham doesn't block. He's more just, you know, like at this point, a red zone receiver. Um, and I think he's only under contract for one more year. So I would take him and pair both of them. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me, like you said, if they trade down because they feel like they have a history of doing that. I actually had them going Noah Fant and then um, Paris Before Camp. Hawkinson? No, Hawkinson was off the board of the Jaguars at seven. That's a sleeper team for the for Hawkinson. Oh, yeah, I guess, I guess. Block for Foles, be able to you know, add, give an additional weapon, a block for Fournette. Uh, I had them taking Noah Fant at 12 and then going Paris Campbell. At, you'll appreciate this write-up, too, at 30. You don't want a wide receiver, Packers fans, in the immortal words of Jay Cutler. Don't care. <laughs> well done. Uh, I mean, like, like Packers fans get mad when you try and give them offensive players. Your offensive players aren't that good, Green Bay. You need more offensive players. All right, let's each pick a sleeper to, uh, to seriously affect the draft, a pivot point, if you will. And I've got one, so don't worry. I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'll, uh, oh, I've got, I've got one. Now I'm worried you're going to take mine. But, okay. But then, no, no, no. Then I'll let you go first for sure. Mine, mine's Denver at 10. Okay, that's perfect. Yeah, perfect. Um, they're that team that needs a long-term quarterback, but I don't think Joe Flacco's any good. Um, I think he's, I think he sucks. I think he's terrible, but Denver could say we don't need to take a quarterback this year because Joe Flacco is going to give us, you know, decent, if not great play. And regardless of what they do, you're going to have teams like the Bengals at 11, one spot behind them. Um, the Dolphins at 13 and the Redskins at 15 trying to figure out what in the heck Denver is going to do because those three teams might want a Drew Locke or a Haskins if Haskins were to fall that far. And they're going to, they're going to be looking at Detroit at eight or Buffalo at nine. And by the way, Detroit GM, uh, Bob Quinn came out on Tuesday or on Wednesday and did say that he wants to trade down pretty much telling teams to call him. And all those teams are going to be looking at Denver and trying to figure out, is Elway going to take Drew Locke? And regardless if Elway wants to or not, I think you're going to see a team leapfrog Denver potentially to take a quarterback because they're going to be afraid that that quarterback won't survive past 10. Mm, that's a good I, point. For the record, though, I, I think the Broncos, if one of the top two linebackers are there, 
I really think they're going to take a linebacker because I think if you look at Vic Fangio's defenses, they always have good linebackers. And so in San Francisco, you had Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis. And then in Chicago, you had Danny Trevathan. And for a while, Jarrell Freeman was a good player and they replaced him with Roquan Smith. And I, the, the Broncos got rid of Brandon Marshall. I think Vic Fangio's defenses kind of rely on a good inside linebacker. So I think if one of the top two linebackers are there, I think Denver makes a move for that. And I think that's really bad news for the Bengals at 11. Hmm, interesting. I think. In, in that same vein on the linebackers, I think one team that's sort of flying under the radar is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at five because there's so much talk about the, you know, the Raiders and, and the first four teams and then the Giants at six and the Jaguars at seven. I mean, I think the Jaguars are still on the table for taking a quarterback. I don't think it's likely now that they sign Nick Foles. Um, but you know, if you're a team that is, you know, interested in trading up to get a quarterback, you probably need to leapfrog the Broncos, Jaguars, and Giants. Or maybe you're the Broncos and you think you need to leapfrog the Jaguars and the Giants. Well, Tampa Bay is your team that could potentially trade down, but I think Tampa Bay likes where they are. And the question is, are they going to take an edge player? Are they going to take a, uh, you know, like what are they doing with their current players? We've heard Bruce, Bruce Arians knock Gerald McCoy recently. Um, and I think Devin White or Devin Bush, uh, one of those linebackers is an interesting fit in that defense with the loss of Quan Alexander. So can they take a linebacker at five? Will they try and trade down? I, I think Tampa is an interesting pivot point because of the the uh, the potential interest in, in in quarterbacks from other teams in that landing spot. I think Tampa Bay also is approaching this. I think they think higher of themselves than a lot of people think of themselves. Like 100%. It, based off all the comments he's, uh, Arians has made about Jameis Winston – and I think the win now move is to keep Winston and not to draft a quarterback. I, I, so that's why I think they stay put at five because I think Bruce Arians looks at this and thinks we're a player or two away from, you know, you know, challenging for a playoff spot. Um, so I, I think they stay at five and they try to take an impact guy there. And, you know, Lord knows their defense could use a number of those defensive players that will be sitting there. Um, I agree completely. All right. That's our six teams that could impact the playoffs. Got anything else you want to add about Game of Thrones, dishwashers, the Atlanta Braves? It, 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 well, first of all, impact the draft, not the playoffs. Did I say uh, the playoffs? You're, I you're, need, you're, in, it's all right. You, I need you've sleep. got baseball going on in the background. You've got a champagne beer that's, you know, <laughs> well, impacting and, your brain. Also, Robbie, uh, Robbie had a good night's sleep last night, but the night before he woke up at 1 a.m. and started talking and would not be quiet. For like forty five minutes. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, not forty five minutes. It was like, after, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like you should, um, so you should never, ever, ever uh, have children. I'm just kidding. Children are wonderful. I love children. I love my child. I didn't yeah. How do you think that. Robbie's gonna feel when he goes back and listens to all these podcasts like ten years from now? Uh, no, I mean I love my kid. I'm just saying the kids are, you know, you go from your free swinging. Like, what are you doing? Like, all right, so we're wrapping up this podcast at five fifteen p.m. your time. What are you doing? You gonna? I have to do a mock draft though. Yeah, but you're going to sit in your apartment, finish up a mock draft. And the place I'm going to make feet. some dinner. I might watch an episode of Game of Thrones while I eat, and then I'm going to then I'm going to do my mock draft. Right. You're not going to do a bath, and you're not going to, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, man, I might, I might have a bath. I'm, this mock draft might take it out of me. Do a mock in the bath. That's the way to do it. <laughs> All right, Sean Wagner. Follow him at Sean J. Wagner on Twitter. Uh, read his mock draft on CBSSports.com. It'll be out by the time you're listening to this. Thanks, buddy.